coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast, you know, why is it superior to just, you know, lifting weights? Because you have variable capacity. So what I discovered in my bone density research is you can handle X amount of weight, like let's say chest press type, type activity. Mm-hmm. You can handle X amount of weight when it's right on your chest. Right. When you're pushing away from yourself, when you're just short of full extension, not at full extension, just short of full extension. Okay. You can handle seven times the amount of force. So no matter what you're doing, if you're not using variable resistance, you're not stimulating hardly anything at all. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was 5, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. In this episode, I interview Dr. John Jaquish. He's the inventor of bone density building medical device, BioDensity, and he also invented what's called the X3. It's a technology that's proven to develop muscle much faster than conventional weightlifting, all with the lowest risk of joint injury. So we talk all about the X3, the advantages of it, the hormonal responses. Also, we get into a little bit of diet as well. So it's a great episode with Dr. John. I'm excited to have him on, and I know you will too. So enjoy the interview, and thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, Brian Grin here at the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast, and today my guest is Dr. John Jaquish, and I'm excited to have him on here. Um, he's the inventor of OsteoStrong Devices, which is a bone density building medical device, and also invented the X3, which we'll talk quite a bit about, um, and that's variable resistance device that helps build muscle like three times faster than lifting weights, and I'm proof of that. Um, also he just authored a book, co-authored a book, uh, weightlifting is a waste of time and so is cardio. So we got a lot to get to, um, before I, I share my experience, Dr. John, why, why don't we, we were just talking off, off, off recording, uh, and you are, you know, the face of the brand. Um, wh- why, is, why is that? Why didn't you just hire someone to, uh, to just be your, uh, your, your model for X3? That's a great question. I love the question. Uh, yeah, it would have been so much easier to just hire somebody who's already in shape. And, and then they say like, oh, I, I use X3, which is like what basically everybody does, you know, like some fitness product and they get somebody who's already in shape, hop on it and they go, oh yeah, this thing's great. But of course they're endorsing like a couple of different things. So it, just, it doesn't even, anyone that's really following them is like, they don't use that. Right. And also they didn't build their body that way. And so I thought I was going to find somebody and really inspire them to just use X3 exclusively and get even further. But the problem was without overwhelming proof, like I had scientific proof, but the fitness people I would be talking to, the models, they, they don't, they don't read research. It's unfair. Right. To assume that they're going to be able to understand the same level. I, I understood it. In fact, it took me like two years as I was putting it together to really like convince myself. Cause you know, you have data in front of you that says weightlifting is a terrible stimulus for muscle growth. And there's, there's probably a better approach. I developed a better approach. And I'm sitting there scratching my head. Like what if I'm misreading my own data? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like there are people who, do an analysis, but they did the analysis wrong. And then the analysis shows X, but really the answer is not X. So, uh, or, or the data disproves X. So, so uh, I, I thought, okay, like, and then, and then, and then who knows, you know, you get somebody who they say they're going to do X3 and then they post on Instagram and doing like pull-ups and everyone's like, Oh, there it is. It's because of the pull-ups. That's why that guy's in shape. I love that. Right. That's so stupid. Like you see somebody who's in incredible shape, they completely transform because of X3. And then they go out and, you know, they're like rock climbing one day just for fun. And it's like, it's because of rock climbing, that guy's in great shape. Like, oh, these idiots. So, um, by the way, rock climbing is 
will not get you strong. It's a great fun sport. Yeah, difficult. But, yeah, difficult. Yeah, well, yeah. the secret to being a great rock climber is weighing like 120 Being, pounds. I was just going to say being light, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, like I used to enjoy, I used to belong to a rock gym. Uh, it was all indoor rock climbing. It was in Chicago. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say I'm in Chicago. So I, I, I okay. thought I know. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You probably know the place up North Shore. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, anyway, so, I, I knew, I knew everybody would just screw it up. And so how many years, what was the, what was the progress? So like, I know you were telling me you, you weighed what and how many, and, and, you know, you used it obviously exclusively for how many years and, and the day I got the prototype in my hand. So I designed it. I sent it off to the guys who were going to do the CAD work. So, I mean, I did the cocktail napkin drawing mm-hmm. and, and uh, Henry, who's my co-author on the book, mm-hmm. his second name on it. He did the real, you know, the real CAD drawing. And, uh, you know, everyone I mentioned this to, they were like, it can't be that simple. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's really elegant, really simple. It's going to grow more muscle. I swear, like I've got all the data and I didn't have all the data like compiled. Like I didn't write the book first. Right. So, uh, uh, so then when everybody, like when I got the prototype in my hands, I thought, okay, I want to use it because I want to, you know, like see really like how far I can get with this thing. Because also X3 challenges what is genetically possible. We always hear about genetic limitations. The genetic limitations have to do with the strength that's being applied through the tendinous and ligamentous tissue and pain perception. Mm -hmm. That's what like your, you know, like the limit of your genetics is. Well, we just threw that all out the window. Right. Because you don't have any joint discomfort. Joints are no longer a limitation. It is purely muscle. And also muscle and muscle size and muscle power are what causes, like it's, it's what the muscle can contract against that causes the tendons and ligaments to grow. Right. So it's one comes before the other. It's sort of like a cascade of effects. But if the musculature is not there, the tendons and ligaments won't grow. So back to me, yeah. I was 190 pounds and chubby. So I was carrying like an extra 20 pounds of body fat. Uh, so like no visible abdominals. You can see the before and after pictures of me on the website. Yeah. Um, I think they're at the very bottom of the main page. And, you know, so I thought like, I kind of have to be the, the guy here. I have to be the model. And of course I put a lot of pressure on me because I hadn't had a six pack since high school. (laughs) Right. I was, and I was, it was like, okay, so I'm I'm just, yeah, I was, well, I was 40, you know, three years ago. Uh, so, uh, uh, four years ago now I'm 44. I just turned 44. Uh, so I just, there was like, just like a, a lot of question marks there. Like, what if I can't do it? But then it's just like, of course I can do it. Like anybody can fucking do it. So I'm just doing it. And so you went on the journey. How long did you do it for yourself, you know, with the prototype until you started to put it into production? And then you're like, oh, this works. Let's get this thing going. Uh, About a year and a half. So I had already put on uh, maybe, so I put on 30 pounds of muscle in the first year. And, uh, and then in the first two years, which the product had already launched a little bit, which was kind of my next benchmark, mm-hmm. uh, I had gained another 15, so 45 pounds of muscle and lost 16 pounds of body fat. So it was really funny because when I launched the product, people were like, and they're like trying to compliment me, but this is not the kind of compliment you want. They're like, it's nice that this company chose a, like a chubby guy to represent the, um, you know, like an out of shape guy to represent the product because it's just very refreshing that it's not some fitness model. And I was like, what? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting better every day. Like, come on. Right. Like knock that off. And, but they meant it complimentary. So I was just like, thanks question mark. Um, but then, but then, uh, you know, later on it, it was like, it was like all of a sudden, cause I was making videos every week, all of a sudden, all of, all the, uh, all the comments were like, this guy's definitely on steroids. So I went from being fat to being on steroids. So there's no in between apparently, but you know, that's how jealous people roll. And, uh, did you have any history like of just regular weightlifting before that? Uh, 20 years. Yeah. Okay. It, that's me. It hardly anything for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, basically, like, in 20 years of lifting weights, like, I think I went through puberty. I think that was my secret well, of, like, not, you know, not being a skinny kid. Right. I, yeah, mean, I mean, I was just I, I played rugby in undergrad, okay. but I was an outside center, which is, like, a wide receiver. So, I, I only weighed, like, 160 pounds on the field. I was just fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, um, when the quarantine started, I wanted something that I could do at home and, uh, and I got the X3 and I've been lifting weights for over 20 years. I've just been in health and wellness for a long time. Um, and I was like, I never really got into bands. I was like, God, I don't know. And then it just took me, it took me a little while to get like the, to, to change over and decide that, wow, this is something that really can get you results. It was like, people were asking me like, how are you getting bigger? And part of it, I started to eat more meat good question good good high quality grass-fed grass-finished meat that i was just having delivered to the house there's no getting away from it no like if no, you're gonna grow you need what makes you grow which is not kale right i know i got away from the salads and then and then with the x3 it was like my i was having elbow issues because I, I you know i couldn't i couldn't even bench 135 after after a while and i was like you know i can't even do my upper body so my lower body was was like so far past my upper body. It was like a little frustrating. I was like, well, I like having a big lower, you know, bigger lower body. I was like, I need to start doing upper body more. And then, and with the bands and, you know, variable resistance, which we'll talk about today, so much less strain on the joints and I'm able to get through it. Well, it's not bands. You're not doing band training. That's not what X3 is. Right. Bands are part of it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, if you use one of the, some of the banding that's included with X3 without the bar, you'll break your wrist. True. Right. Like, cause it is so much more powerful than the bands you would find at like Walmart or something. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and just so people know, there comes with us like a, um, a, how big that's Olympic bar. Um, it's maybe how many 18 inches or something like that. Yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Which is a, a great, you know, it's a great apparatus to use. And it also turns with, with the band. So yes, I agree. You don't want to use bands without the bar. The only, ba- only times I use it is on the, on the pec crossover. I do do that exercise. I know you show that on the website. Yeah, um, you don't use the bar. But I mean, that's right. really like a fine grain movement. Right. Sort of a burnout. Well, you're burning out on all this stuff, obviously. Right. It's, the problem is with the pectorals, which is especially important to men. Uh, I mean, just from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. This is not a full pectoral contraction. Mm-hmm. This is. Okay. I mean, like the humerus bone is brought across the body by the pectoral. So, I mean, if you, if you line your elbow up with your sternum, really reach across your body, you can feel a tight contraction of the pectoral. You don't really get that in chest press. You're not okay. really getting to the end. So I, I like stacking those two movements together. Yeah, doing doing a back growth after that. Yeah, doing a back that talk about a burn. <laughs> yeah, back to back. And and you know my splits. I know you're with your splits. You're doing it um, six days a week, push and pull. Um, and I I do it. I did. I'm doing lower upper splits. Um, I just got into that rhythm of doing upper body one day, lower body the next day. But the great thing is, is like what I noticed is, you know, building muscle, not being sore. I always came from sort of the old school approach of you had to be sore to build muscle, you know, and that's not true. Mm. Um, So it's been, yeah, it's been a good learning experience for me. And um, yeah, much better than conventional lifting. That's for sure. Um, why don't we talk about variable resistance, maybe give an explanation of, of why it's superior. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a common question you get, but I'm sure people ask, well, you know, why is it superior to just, you know, lifting weights? Because you have variable capacity. So what I discovered in my bone density research is you can handle X amount of weight, like let's say chest press type, type activity. Mm-hmm. You can handle X amount of weight when it's right on your chest. Right. When you're pushing away from yourself, when you're just short of full extension, not at full extension, just short of full extension, okay. you can handle seven times the amount of force. So no matter what you're doing, if you're not using variable resistance, you're not stimulating hardly anything at all. Right. Because you can't even get that amount off your right. chest. So right. 
Right. If it's heavy at the bottom, then it's light. No shot. Right. Yeah, and you're and you're not really contracting anything. Like you're very, using very very small amount of muscle. So when you go to fatigue, you're really just overload. I'm going to quote Peter Atia here, and this is why he doesn't believe in weight training. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get on his show for some strange reason. I quote the guy everywhere. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it's brilliant what he said. He says, the problem with weight training is it overloads joints and underloads muscle. The muscle is capable of more and the joints are not capable of more at all, which is why like when kids start lifting or when inexperienced novices start lifting, they're not loading the joint. Like the joint is stronger than the muscle. But as soon as there's there's matching there that the muscle becomes as strong as the joint progress stops, hmm. which is why you see people go to the gym for, you know, the first two or three months they grow. They might put on, I'm talking, you know, when you first start exercising, you might put on five, six pounds of muscle. And then, and you see guys go to the gym for years. I mean like 10 years and all they got was the gains in the first couple months. And they just keep repeating the same things or even mixing up their program. And still nothing is happening. Nothing. That's why. Right. And uh, maybe speak on, this was something that took me a little while to get used to because, you know, I'm used to going to the gym for an hour, hour and a half and doing three to four sets of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think for me, I do, I do a little bit of a warm up, and then, you know, I do one to two sets. I know you, 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 you preach on doing one set with the X3 and I know the you, only one you don't want to do a second. I, one. I don't want to do a second one. Okay. You're too. It, it takes you to a much deeper level of exhaustion. Yeah. Explain, ex, maybe explain to the listeners and viewers um, regarding the one set and why. Well, when you see somebody with a suntan, you don't ask them how many sets do you do in the sun? to get a tan, right? That would be a weird question. Right. What do you mean sets? You go out in the sun. So, and there's only one exposure. So usually when, you know, 4th of July, the first time you're kind of like out in the sun for the summer, or maybe it's before that, depending on where you live, Mm. you go out with no sunblock on, or maybe just on your face or something like that. And then as soon as you turn a little pink, then you're like, okay, give me a sunblock and uh, or you go inside or or whatever so it's a very brief stimulus and in fact it could be sunny in december and we could walk around you know without our shirts on and we're not going to get a tan because the light is not intense enough so the the most intense stimulus in the shortest period of time is going to create the greatest response of, of the body and that's true of all adaptation So like the fact that weightlifters do more than one set tells you what you need to know. It tells you that weightlifting sucks. Why would you need more than one stimulus? Every other stimulus is just one shot. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And uh, the cool thing with the X3 is like, you can't come up with an excuse not to do it. Right. Like if you don't have 10 minutes or whatever, 15 minutes, if it takes, uh, throughout the day and you know, you have no excuses because really you're building muscle. You're not getting sore. So you recover. I know it takes what, like 36 hours, give or take. So that's why you do sort of the push pull. So you have that, that day and a half to recover. Right. Mm. And then you're back at it, you know, every other day. Uh, so there's no excuses. You know, I think a lot of people use being sore, right. As an excuse not to go back to the gym, um, and time, right? But those excuses, that's why I like it so much. Those excuses are out the door uh, because you can't use either of them <laughs> when, right. when, you're, when you're using it. Yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about, um, you know, the hormonal responses? I think, you know, a lot of people on this podcast that are listening, middle-aged, the whole idea with the podcast is middle-aged men and women looking to get their bodies back. So yeah. this is, you know, perfect for the X3 perhaps explain maybe the hormonal, you know, some of the research regarding the hormonal responses through variable resistance. So uh, only meta-analysis that I've ever written, and I wrote it with the uh, same co-author with uh, Henry Alkire. Okay. When we look at um, stabilization firing, 
So I kept seeing something in research and no one had really put this together yet. So we did a meta-analysis looking at 23 different data sets mm-hmm. and how stabilization firing would upregulate growth hormone. Uh, and it certainly does, and it does in all age groups. Right. Uh, and so, so part of the reason that we have trouble with body fat, well, other than the fact that the food we're eating is just complete trash. Uh, Did you say the food? I'm sorry. The food we're eating is complete trash. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, like we don't move the way we should. We don't stabilize our bodies. We walk around on pavement. Everything is perfectly flat. Right. But our, our feet have similar complexity to our hands. Our toes are meant to grip uneven surfaces. But we don't walk like that. So we, we lose a lot of stabilization firing that our bodies are supposed to have going on. Mm-hmm. You know, one day you spend running around on the beach and you're barefoot, like your back feels great if you have any back pain. Mm-hmm. But your core and your hamstrings and your calves are so sore. Calves, yeah. It's because that's the way your body is supposed to engage with the earth. So just being barefoot and walking around on concrete will probably give you a different set of problems. Right. That won't be anything. That's actually stupid. Right. But yeah, if you're walking around in dirt or sand, yeah, like it's starting to activate. So we're missing a lot of the stimuli. So in the meta-analysis, we determined that stabilization firing has a huge influence on the pulses of growth hormone. And if you add loading to that, so if you're holding weight, while you're going through stabilization firing, you have a tremendous upregulation, 2,600%, which wow. is, yeah, like that's just crazy high uh, of what you can get out of growth hormone. Yeah, and uh, testosterone as well, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the heavier you go, the more testosterone. There's, you know, there's a lot of trainers and gurus and, and guys who... I don't know, just make stuff up uh, or just repeat what they heard somewhere uh, with fitness. Unfortunately, there is no, absolutely no way to get away from heavy if you want to develop your body. You have to go as heavy as possible. Now, people don't like hearing that because they think, oh, that means risk. That means, you know, I'm not willing to tolerate risk. So I guess like I'll never, I'll never develop. No. Uh, X3 is a, is an approach to giving the body incredible forces, but where you can handle them. So you get the testosterone benefit without the risks of, of typical heavy lifting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a lot of it, like, for example, like the deadlift, right. It's most like with the X3, what I love, love about doing deadlifts with it. It's probably my favorite exercise is the end range, right. When you're almost in full extension, um, that's when it's most difficult and that's where you're the strongest. Right. And then sort of on the, on the down, um, and all the way at the bottom where you're putting perhaps when you're coming down, it's, 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 you know, it gets easier and easier. So less strain on the joints and you're using the muscle, you know, at the top where it's, you know, where it's most needed. Right. Yep. What's your favorite exercise on the X3? <laughs> if you no, had to pick one favorite, these are like my children, man. You got to pick one. I really like the deadlift, uh, especially the way I, I instruct people to do the deadlift, which is really engage the trapezius. Mm-hmm. Uh, my trapezius muscles are, ridiculously huge like like i have a 20 inch neck like so when, you know when i go like i can't i can't wear a dress shirt unless it's custom made for me uh which i think is pretty cool like i have, I have a big neck as mike tyson that, that's cool yeah. like that. okay so um i will say the deadlift is great the front squat i was just telling you I, probably for me the most difficult I think mainly because of just the core stabilization and firing mm-hmm. from, you know, yeah. see what I, yeah. So that's, you understand the stabilization firing and you're getting leaner while you do that. That's one of the, one of the deadlift in, in the, the front squat. And well, there's only, that's the only way to do a squat. 
like the front I mean, squat. Yeah. It, it, I always love when, when trainers tell me that squats are functional. I'm like, really? At what other point in your life do you stack weights on the back of your neck? Right. And then go up and down with them. Really? You think that's functional, huh? No, it's a good way to really hurt yourself. Right. I've been uh, back squats are just beyond stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done one in a long time and I used to try to do front squats in the gym and it was difficult, you know, with the free weights, but, but with the X3, it's like, mm -hmm. I would say it's like a safer version, better version of doing Way it. Safer. Right. Right. You know, God, you know, God forbid you got to put it down. So you put it down, you know, you, you're using, if, when you're doing, you know, real weights, uh, mm -hmm. that's when stuff can happen. You lose a little now, balance. Have you single, single leg yet? Have I done so? Yes, I do single leg yeah. too. Yeah. Single leg is, that, that's another thing. Trainers, just their head explodes when I say this, but it's like a, a, a squat, I mean, front or, or or back. I mean, back has got its own, its own reasons why it's not smart. But uh, the front squat, like it, it, you sh no one should squat on one, on, on two feet. Like, unless you're a kangaroo. Right. If you're a human, you walk on one foot at a time or run on one foot at a time. So you should train one leg at a time. For sure. And focus all your body's resources, have them forced into that one quadricep and one glute and the stabilizing firing associated with that. Like we have to balance our bodies while we run. Like, cause somebody will be like, well, you know, you're not, you're unilaterally uh, loading and that's not good. Uh, you know, bullshit. Like then, then we shouldn't run, right? We should just hop. Right. Yeah, no, it's, Definitely. Yeah. Um, so dumb. Yeah. Uh, the single leg is great. And uh, usually I'll do deadlift, front squat, and then single leg um, back to back to back. And that's enough to cash out. Um, let's talk. Well, let's hit on cardio. I, I will say this I've never been a big cardio fan. Um, so <laughs> I've never been a big runner. I, you, I, you, if I do stuff that's just maybe a, uh, a little different. I'll, I've done Muay Thai for years and years and years, which I love because I'm just not a runner. Um, mm. Maybe talk about a little bit about, uh, you know, I know you mentioned your book uh, regarding cardio and, you know, how it stimulates cortisol and things like that. And how, you know, for most people, let's just say chronic cardio it, um, uh, is a waste of time, especially if you want to have fat loss. So if you want to be a great runner, you got to run. Uh-huh. But that's not why most people do cardio. They do cardio because they think they're going to lose weight from lose weight. They're going to drop body fat. And it is the opposite of what is happening. Your body is actually preserving your body fat and sacrificing muscle when you do cardio. So you actually lose muscle and you protect your body fat. So you stay as fat as possible as long as possible. Who wants that? <laughs> I mean, like that, that's not the, you know, like, and there's 40 years of research. Like if you talk to any sports scientist, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like cardio, don't do that. Right. But then, you know, we'll, we'll say, well, why does the fitness industry recommend it still? They'll start laughing and we'll be like, oh, the fitness industry is just. Because they want to sell treadmills. <laughs> they want to sell treadmills. Yeah, the equipment manufacturers want to sell treadmills. The gyms just want to give people what they think they want. Like right. if you go to sign up at a gym and they go, we do it differently because we want you to get results and everything you thought was the right thing for fitness isn't, nobody would sign up at that gym because people aren't there to learn. Right. They're there to do something, which they already, they have a preconceived idea. So it's really hard to like break that model in people's heads and say, no, well, everything you've been told is wrong. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's a tough sell. Yeah. And I always say, would you rather look like, like a marathon runner or, or like, you know, the guys that are doing the 40 yard dash, you know, mm -hmm. like body wise, it's not even, a, you know, right. Not right. Even close. And, and most people don't even, they don't even have an idea. They think, Oh no, runners have beautiful bodies. And then you tell them Google marathon runner <laughs> and, hit, and, and hit Google images. Yeah. It's just, everyone looks like, like they're yeah like mal they're, malnourished. Yeah, they're in a Turkish prison. Um, let's talk a little bit about optimizing nutrition because I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting. I know you are as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's talk about perhaps maybe your routine. I know um, 
you, you're big into fasting in the book. It talks about it and, you know, uh, maybe some carb timing and protein amount and the sources and things like that. Which do you want me to answer first? Uh, why don't we start with, um, let's start with the fasting. What's, let's, what's your, your, your routine right now? I know you've. I'm, I'm always running experiments. So. I know. I know you were doing two days there for mm-hmm. a while. Are you still there or are you, or are you changing it up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I did three days for a while. Oh. Uh, um, I've done some dry fasts. Oh, uh, how were that? Well, they're <laughs> as comfortable as you can imagine they would be, but very effective. Yeah. I mean, just like you devastate body fat. You get rid of body fat so quick in the dry with the fat. dry fast. Yeah. Would yeah. you do a day, two days? I did 72 hours. No 72. food, no water. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How'd you feel at the end where you just felt good? Like, I mean, you, and I always, I would advise anyone listening, like you want to sort of ease your way into this. I mean, you've been probably, how yeah, long this, you've, is, this is the last step. This yeah. This is, is, yeah. This is the final level. Like, uh, yeah. Right. Um, you feel lousy kind of right away. Right. Cause water does kind of fill you up. Right. And, uh, keeps it busy at least. At least yeah. And, and, uh, being well hydrated keeps some things working in a fairly optimal way. Even when you're using, when you're metabolizing ketones and, and using your body fat as fuel, mm-hmm. but dry fast, everything suffers a little bit and your body's still pulling water out of body fat. Uh, so you really only get so dehydrated and then you get into the, the state of, of where you're pulling moisture out of body fat, which destroys the cells. So I mean, it's awesome, but it's the last step to yeah, give it a go. It is the last. It's step. cool to say you've done it. Honestly, I've done a day dry fast, um, but that's been it. Uh, and then, so I, so routinely, what are you doing right now? You're doing are you doing um, uh, one meal every two days? Is that what your routine is right now? Oh yeah. For a while I was doing that. That's not right now. No, okay. I'm just, I'm just about ready. I've been running another experiment, Oh, right. uh, which is uh, more focused on like one meal a day. Nice. Uh, but at a calorie deficit and a protein surplus because okay. ca- calorie deficit, uh, it's never described quite right in what it does. Uh, and it's, it's, um, also the idea, like find a documentation that you lose both fat and muscle and calorie deficit, but that's incorrect or an oversimplification. I always tell people oversimplification is another word for wrong. Mm. Um, so what what's your, have, yeah, what's your one yeah, meal? Yeah, it's just steak or, or red meat, ground beef. Okay. Uh, so straight protein, uh, any carbs? Uh, just right before the, right before, right after the workout. Like within oh. 30 minutes. Yeah. So do you do your workout um, right before you break your fast? Yes. Nice. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely workout fasted, leaves all the blood available to uh, go into musculature and uh, deliver uh, the sarcoplasmic benefit. Um, what, what happened, the stimulus to this was uh, I started dating a, a new girl Mm-hmm. who super fit. So I thought she'd be completely down with everything that was in the book. And, uh, Oh, she better like your book, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, she, <laughs> she's a physical therapist. She, she likes to argue about yeah. certain points. Uh, but of course, actually, no, she doesn't like to argue cause she never wins. Oh. Uh, so, uh, and I'm not one of those guys that's like, Oh yeah, sweetheart. I, mm, no, that's not me. Uh, I'm not here to please anybody except myself. Uh, that's not totally true of the whole relationship though. Uh, got a give and take. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you know, when somebody says this is, I don't agree with this part of your book, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going for their fucking throat. Like, <laughs> Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not my opinion. It is science. And so mm-hmm. explain what's wrong with this. I mean, I, I'm all over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's like, um, but basically, the punchline is she just didn't really want to fast. She says, it's just, I don't like how it feels. Like, I get hungry. Right. And she's not really fat adapted. Okay. So she's never done it. No, but she's also, she has a six pack. So it's, it's not like 
Right. She's never going to get in shape. Like she's, she's a highly competitive college cheerleader. Uh, like she's just dynamite. Like she can do anything uh, uh, physically, like a total acrobat. Right. Uh, so I'm like, okay. Um, so no fasting for her. Right. So I really changed my nutrition to, well, I got her to do one meal a day. She cool. can do one meal a day. And then uh, the rest of the protein is made up uh, really by the deficit is Fortigen. And so then, you know, in the one meal, like if there's a little bit of carbohydrate there, it's really not that big of a deal because it doesn't matter. 12 hours later, you're in a ketosis anyway. Right. And especially at a deficit, it's probably earlier because I'm not eating the whole day's worth of calories in that one meal. So, yeah, I mean, like I've just kind of like jokingly called this nutrition program like cheeseburgers and Fortigen uh, because we can. Or ribeye. Oh, really? Well, right. But, you know, right. like she, she's also different than me in that she doesn't want to eat it like only steakhouses, which like I walk into a steakhouse in Northern California. People are like, Dr. Jankwich, how you doing? Right. They know you. Yeah. Um, right. Right. And, and then she's like, I feel like Thai tonight. And I remember the first time she said that, I was like, mm. Mm. like Thai what? <laughs> Like, I don't. Thai food, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, Thai food is, you know, it's really Bunch of, a lot of, Yeah, a lot of noodles, yeah, pad thai. I used to yeah, love pad thai, I will say. I used to love pad thai. I don't, I don't eat it anymore, though. But Right, and they never put enough chicken in it. You know, like, this is. Right. It's like, we're expecting to give this to a rabbit. Like, this is nothing. Right, it's like 80% noodles. Um, right, right. Yeah, so, like if you get it and you eat around the noodles, you realize you hardly ate anything. <laughs> right, exactly. It's still full. The plate's full. Um, let's talk. Um, okay, so mainly uh, steak. Well, I mean, that, the experiment I'm running right now, and I'm yeah. documenting it well, because I'm seeing just how much we can get out of bacterial fermentation with the Fortigen. Right. And like, I am continuing to build muscle and getting leaner. And I'm not going through the really uncomfortable fasts. So you're, you're for just so people know, Fortigen is a product um, from your company, which I do have. Uh, it's a protein replacement. It's like five times more anabolic than standard yeah. protein sources, right? Yeah. And it's like fermented, correct? Yeah, it's from bacterial fermentation, yeah. And you're taking this, you're taking, so you're working out, you're taking this, and then you're waiting a little bit to eat your meal? Yeah. Uh, you want to wait two hours after a meal before having a dose of Fortigen, but you only need to wait 30 minutes after Fortigen before you can eat the meal because Fortigen digests very fast. Uh, oh. So I'll have four doses of Fortigen throughout the day. Okay. So you're taking it throughout the day, not just after the workout. Like, like literally it's in this cup right now with my X3. Gas. Oh, nice. That's a cool cup. Okay, so you're taking Fortigen throughout the day, which I think, what is it per serving? Four calories or something? Four calories. Now, like a lot of people get so upset. They're like, there's no way you're getting. So there's 10 grams of amino acids, right. which metabolize as efficiently as 50 grams of a less efficient protein. So it's a massive amount of value of protein. Because like ultimately when you find out that whey protein is only 18% usable by the body and everything else goes through you as waste. Well, when you do 50 grams of, of, a, of like a, a 50 gram protein shake with whey protein, well, you really just got nine grams of usable protein. So, so this is fermented protein. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, rotting material where bacteria takes a hold of it and processes it. And then after the bacteria dies off, uh, you refine it. And, uh, and it's the worst tasting thing unless it's flavored, which it is. So people are always like, Oh, I'm, I only want the unflavored kind. And I'm like, you will vomit. No, we're not making it. Sorry. Do you manufacture that here in the States? In the States. Yeah. Yeah. Like at a, at a pharma quality facility, like the highest standards. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually used to be a cancer treatment. Uh, it st still is actually. Uh, so I, I talked to the guys who developed the cancer uh, protocol wow. and it was designed to keep muscle from wasting when you're in chemotherapy. Uh, cause that's, that's really what kills you in, in like when somebody's like, they kind of died, you know, yeah, yeah. It's cause their, their body just fell apart. Right. Well, body falling apart is really muscle falling apart. And so they just could, didn't have the ability to maintain protein synthesis. They couldn't hold down any food. So it was like, we're going to come up with the, the intention of the scientists who created, uh, the cancer protocol was, we need the most efficient protein to just get in the system and create the maximum amount of muscle protein synthesis mm -hmm. to keep from wasting. Well, it's like, okay, I, I tweaked it a little bit with these guys and I, I hire them. I paid them a lot of money. Uh, and they did, did, they come to you or you came to them for that product? I came to them. Yeah. It was really weird. Like they thought that they think the fitness industry is a joke. Um, like they're like, they want nothing to do with it. And I'm like, I'll handle everything. Like, like, I'm not asking for a partnership here. I'm asking for, like, your help. Mm -hmm. We create this thing, and all the marketing is my problem. And they're like, okay, well, good luck. Like, people in fitness are idiots. And they are correct. Uh, could, but quick question for, for, yeah. for foraging, because, you know, I have it myself. Can I put that? I, I've, had it with, I, I've had it with water. Can I put it in anything else and make it, like, a shake out of it? Or do you think that'll sort of just... Um, you won't get the benefits, or do you... you don't want to add it to anything with protein in it. Okay, so like then that all that that kind of screws up the ratio of what you're consuming, and you may not be getting the benefits. But like I've heard people say they want to put in orange juice. Um, I've also heard people put sea salt in it. Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind the taste. It's not even that. I was just wondering if I wanted to just put it with almond milk, and I don't know. Don't eat almond milk. Don't have almond. Okay. No, Even if no. it's sprouted on oxalates, that is just that's what if it's sprouted? <laughs> no. Throw away your almond milk. What about goat milk? That's fine. Okay. I'll stick with I've been having goat now, milk. Unless you have like a casein allergy or something. I have a casein allergy, so I can't I can't do goat milk. Okay. But uh, I mean okay, yeah. so maybe I'll put goat, it with goat milk's goat milk's fine. No, I mean like you can milk a goat. Try and milk an almond for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, I've never I mean, seen tits on an almond. Yeah, I hear you. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. What's, I'm a big morning routine guy. I'm curious, what's your morning routine like? I'm going to disappoint you. No. Don't tell me you sleep I, in. No, <laughs> no I, it's not that. It's I'm over the last 10 years with OsteoStrong, with all the scientific presentations. I used to do trips where I would leave San Francisco, fly to Chicago, had an office in Chicago, stay there for a couple of days, fly to London, had an office there, spent some time in London, a couple of days, fly to Moscow, where we had a very big distributor, fly from Moscow to Osaka, Japan, for a couple of days, and then back travel. to San Francisco, literally around the world. You would wake up and walk right into the wall because you had no idea where you were, no idea what time it was, so, I mean, do I really have a morning routine? No. Well, just wake up. I like, I like showering at night so I can just wake up, splash water in my face and get dressed and just walk out the door. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So it, it's like my wits are about me at night. Uh, and then when I wake up in the morning, like sometimes I'm like, you know, I get in like the cab in some foreign country and they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, Thumbing through my email, like trying to figure out like what address I need to give the cab driver. Not my favorite. Now, coronavirus has kind of ended all of that. I was going to say, you can't be traveling that much now, are you? No, no. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I would, there could be more of a routine now. But of course, you know, I haven't having a girlfriend. So that also throws routines off a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, okay. So, um, what about like who I, I noticed with the book, um, weightlifting is a waste of time book that you just came out with. Uh, who's your biggest influence in your life? I know it was, was that book dedicated to you? Is that your dad? 
It was dedicated to my father, yeah. I dedicated my first book to my mother. And they're both huge influences on my life. Uh, I'm, I'm really lucky yeah. to have great parents. Uh, and they gave me kind of my artistic side. My mother's a fashion designer. Uh, and my father is <coughs> a NASA scientist. Put the lunar rover and a little car on the moon. Mm. Actually, three of them. Uh, so, and they all worked. Uh, so wow. yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of my parents. They're cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, biggest influences now I will say mm-hmm. my mom will probably see this and she'll be unhappy. I get a lot of bad advice from my parents too. Uh, you know, right. so sometimes you, you gotta, gotta, you gotta determine what's, you know, and sometimes like they had me when they were a little older and, you know, they're talking about like, you know, decisions that were made around World War II. And I'm like, like, this is not the same. Right. And they'll admit, they'll be like, yeah, we probably don't know what we're talking about. Uh, which I think is funny because I got to talk them into that. Right. Uh, I got to get them to really see, like, you are giving me ad- probably good advice for like 1950. <laughs> like, not for today. Uh, Do they so, live in Chicago or where are they? No, uh, they live in, uh, in Northern California. Oh, okay. So you're close near, you're near Lake Tahoe. Okay. Um, and we talked about your daily eating and fasting schedule, one meal a day. Um, what would you say if you had a cheat food, if you had to do a cheat food, what would it be? <laughs> this is like so against my DNA. I know. I know. Hey, it's like, I'm a clean eater too, but you know, everyone's got a cheat food. When I started dating this girl, I was like, oh, she never has cheat days because I'm just like looking at her and she's just like perfect. Right. And then it was like, you know, late at night, one night and she goes, let's go to Insomnia Cookies. Oh. And there's one like right downstairs. Yeah, that's like, I'm like, you want late night cookies? (laughs) And I'm like, "That, that goes against like everything I tell people. And she's like, yeah, but you know, just have like one or two. It, She's trying I mean, to that, you. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, oh, just try a little bit of this heroin. Like, no. Right, right. Right. You know, you know, and, and so I, I realized like, okay, I'm going to have to make some adjustments to my lifestyle because, yeah. yeah, you know. So, so you're insinuating that insomnia cookies would be a cheat food for you. Unfortunately. <laughs> hey, that's all right. You know what? I always say to people, it's, it's not, not necessarily about the chief food. It's about getting right back on the, on the wagon and just, you know, living a, you know, living a clean life. Style. I tell you what my real chief food is. Cause insomnia cookies, like they're actually, they're good. I mean, as far as cookies go, but cookies were never my thing. Right. So my mother's from Belgium and like a real Belgian waffle, mm. like not a waffle like you get at in anywhere in the United States, right? Heavy, like really heavy dough. They're not really overly sweet, mm-hmm. and they have like powdered sugar on the top of them. That's it. I could like when I'm in Belgium, when I'm walking down the street, I will get, and and now I can you know use it to amplify uh, my glycogen replacement for a workout. Mm-hmm. So I think the last time I was in Belgium, I had my X3, you know, in the carrying case on my back. Mm-hmm. And I like did a workout in front. I wish somebody had taken a picture of this. Did a workout in front of one of these waffle carts in like the middle of Brussels. Mm. It was like a cold day, but I was like sweating like hell because, you know, it's a hard workout. Right. And then I had two Belgian waffles. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everything went right into muscle glycogen. I could feel it. Like everything was just swelling. Uh, I looked like I doubled in size after my workout was over. (laughs) Um, one of the questions I, I like to ask guests on the show is, um, what would be, cause what would be your one tip to get your, you know, let's say you're middle-aged We're you know, we're both, I'm 40, we're both middle-aged. What, what, what would be your I one tip? By the way, but you're right. What's that? I hate that by the way. I know right. time flies. I'll tell you, I don't, let me tell you, I don't feel 40. So, and I know you don't feel what 44. I feel, I feel better than I did when I was 18. Right. I have no joint pain. I feel just dynamite. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the key, right? The, the, it's just a number, right? right? It's just a number. What would be like your one tip that you would give someone if they wanted to get their bodies back? And I know we've talked X3. So let's say 
disregard X3, but what would be another tip maybe you'd, you'd give someone um, if they wanted to sort of get back into, into, you know, what they were maybe 10 years ago? I would tell them to read the carnivore diet. That, that's the best book by Dr. Sean Baker. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that will put you on a path where there's no way you won't be lean by following the advice in that book. And it's easy. Right. So I mean, it's just so easy. And it's basically still what I'm doing with my burgers and Fortigen. I mean, Baker wouldn't eat the bun, but like, because like I said, this, this girl has really inspired me to come up with something is my, my point with like, with bringing her up is that she has no trouble with hard exercise. Like she's an athlete, right? Very high level one. Uh, and she can make nutritional sacrifices, but uh, a lot of people are just unwilling to do the fasting thing. And uh, they're unwilling to go 100% carnivore. So I'm, I'm looking at what kind of results I can get from sort of a carnivore-ish Ish. type nutrition and a deficit and a fasting benefit and all of that held up by sort of the, the bulk of the nutrition coming from Fortigen. And uh, oh, it makes life so much easier. And people will actually follow it. There's, there's a, the guy who's the, the CEO of OsteoStrongs and Kyle Zagrodzki, mm-hmm. he says all the time, and he says it about nutrition or exercise, what's, what's the best nutrition program? You know, people will say, well, I don't know what. He goes, the one you'll follow. Mm. Because ultimately, if you won't follow it, like what's, what's in this book? I mean, to be honest, it's hard to follow. Like I'm, I, now I give different levels. Right. Like if you can eat one, like I'd say one meal a day in there. But like the most extreme stuff that I talk about in there, yeah, I, I think maybe one or two percent of the population will give that a shot. I think most other people will be like, ah, I'm going to stay in the beginner area because all this other stuff sounds like it sucks. And going three days with no food and water, for example, that sucks. Right. It's, there's no, I can't sugarcoat it. It sucks. Now, you completely transform in three days, but it still sucks. And you got to, you know, like with fasting, like anything, like you got to build yourself up to that point. But once you get fat adapted, right, it's, it's definitely attainable. Um, I don't do a lot of a ton of extended fasts, but every once in a while I'll do it just to mix it up. Um, and, uh, but I agree. And that what I hear about from a lot of guests is making protein the main source of your meal. Um, you know, quality protein, obviously. Yeah, it should really be the only thing you're going for. It's the only macro I would ever count. Like I need to clear 250 grams of protein because I weigh 200, I weigh 240 pounds. Okay, so about a gram per pound is what you. Gram per pound of body weight. That's that's the rule, and I always want to shoot a little bit over. Yeah, way better than being being under. Right. So, um, yeah, but the Fortigen, I, I so with four doses, it makes up for 200 grams of protein. So. I really only need to eat like an eight ounce burger or, or like a, a steak or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm cooking steaks with my parents tonight. My mom was laying the meat out and usually it's like never enough because it doesn't matter how many times I tell her how much I what, you know, was eating. It was like, I was eating like two and a half pounds, three pounds mm-hmm. of meat in one meal. By the way, you don't feel great after that either. That's a lot. <laughs> that last steak, you're like, mm, this is not good anymore. <laughs> like the first, the first bite, especially after, you know, like one meal a day or even 48 hours of no food, you're like, okay, I'm like, whatever, I can do this. Uh, and you like it, like it's steak and everybody likes steak. And, but the, at, at the end of the meal, it, it's like, you've I, had enough. <laughs> I'm really tired of eating the steak. Yeah. When you say, cause I do, I'm a, I, I don't do full car, you know, I do carnivore-ish. I'll add in, you know, I like avocado. Is, is there certain carbs that you like and that you tolerate um, that you add in? No. Okay. Kind of hate them all. Do you really? Yeah, they're, they're just, they're garbage. Okay. They, carbs exist in nature to get you fat. And that's why they appear at the end of, end of summer. Uh, the end of the hot season It's to get you fat for the winter. It's right. to help you survive. But we don't really need that anymore. We have buildings. So, 
I mean, the, the whole carb timing thing with the workout to replace glycogen mm -hmm. has to do with general energy. It has to do with stretching out the muscles. So you can make room for hyperplasia, uh, which is like a, a miracle discovery, mostly made by Professor Jose Antonio out of Florida State. Mm -hmm. uh, that guy should probably win a Nobel Prize, honestly, yeah. for like really documenting. And, and, uh, and, and he is his, I believe it was his PhD thesis really put together. It was, he didn't call it a meta-analysis, but he, he just put together s such a great argument about stretching, like forcing more hydration into the muscle and then stretching and then showing that you have a hyperplasia benefit. I mean, that's permanent muscle growth. Like right. that is amazing. And he's never really been recognized For that. to the general public. He's been recognized by scientists many times, but like, I, I really like that guy to get more credit for that. Cause that, that's just amazing. Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is have protein, the main source of your meals. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, inter implement intermittent fasting. And, uh, if you want to build muscle, use the X3. Am I missing anything? <laughs> no, no, it's pretty simple. Like the lifestyle is, is easy. And also, you know, it's funny, like you talked about who, who your podcast audience is. Um, when we first launched the product, we targeted people who cared about strength. And even though we were warned not to do so by other, mm -hmm. uh, by other companies, they just like the fitness community, they cannot handle something if you make some argument, you'll never get anywhere because these people, what they said was people are stupid. And uh, yeah, the level of intelligence in the average fitness fan is very low. Uh, and, and I think also the patience. They just see something that they think you know, sounds too good to be true. And even if the science is there, they won't read it. They won't even try. Right. Uh, so um, it was difficult, but we pivoted immediately. I'm talking about days after we launched our ads. Mm -hmm. to target busy professionals yeah and it was like sales were through the roof immediately because a busy professional is looking to optimize their life like everything everything they do if you can cut the time it takes to brush their teeth in half they're appreciative mm -hmm. and they and they will spend money um or, or in, in learn about why they can get away with that um yeah. that makes complete sense to target them because Really, it takes the excuses out of it. They they don't have any, you know, ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day. Right, they want to be fit, but right. they might not have time to get to a gym. Right. They might they might do do a quick day trip somewhere, and they don't want to. Well, let's say a two day trip, and yeah. they don't even want to bring workout clothes with them because just too much room in their back. Right. So, I mean, like like. I'm wearing, I'm wearing jeans and dress shoes today. Mm. That's what I'm going to work out in today. Right. Who cares? Like I don't, right. I'm at the office. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't need much. Do it in your hotel room. You know, for travel, that's a no brainer. Actually, just to let you know, my dad and my brother-in-law, I had them both get one. So, mm -hmm. um, because I was like, for my dad too, he's lifted his whole life and he's had some joint issues. And I'm like, give it a go. I'm telling you, I've been using it for six months. It's been great. So, um, yeah, it's, I, it's something I'm going to keep telling people to, to keep, keep, to use it because if you want to get max results in less time, who, who doesn't want that? You know, right. <laughs> no brainer. Um, yep. well, I appreciate it. I, 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 you know, I'm glad I got you on. I started using this and, and then decided to start a podcast and now I got you on. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some knowledge with everyone. And I know, I know they'll get great benefits, uh, by using it. So where can people find you? I know obviously X3, um, is probably the best place, right? I created a landing page so I didn't have to list off five things or where right. you can find me. Just go to drj.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, D-O-C-T-O-R, the letter J, dot com. That's simple, right? Yeah. yeah. You can get to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, anything. Okay, drj.com. Well, thanks, Dr. Jayquish. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. All right, yeah, this is good. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. 
I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.